This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Was Amber Rose last weekend? She was speaking at her slut walk in Los Angeles, LA. And I hope for all intent of this segment, we can say slut and not get in trouble. Wait, I, I'm very offended. Why was a 14 year old girl who just hit puberty looking at boys? So slut. what? Amber, so what? <laughs> excuse me. What Amber was actually talking about in that clip? She was say she was asked when was the first time that you were slut shamed or you know humiliated or made to feel less than because you know you're a sexual being or you had an attraction to the opposite sex you know normal things that boys don't get in trouble for doing because we're men right because apparently male privilege and because you're men so That's she racist. was just she was talking about how when she was 14 and she made out with this boy and then the boy literally told her to get on her knees. And when she did, he opened up the door and made it seem like she was giving fellatio. And she became the quote, like she said, she became, I I became the hoe of the school because it looked like I was in that act. And I wasn't, I was just like, okay, what's, what is going on? She had, she was still a virgin. She wasn't sexually active. She didn't understand the dynamic there. Mm -hmm. And she got slut shamed starting at that age. And that's why. Now, as a as a model and as an actress and as a mother, she is saying, you know what? Let's reclaim power. Let's take power away from this word of slut, of whore, and of hoe. And let's say that, you know what? It doesn't matter what your sexual history is like. If you're sexually liberated, you should be free to be whoever you are. And if people want to call you a slut and a hoe and a hoe, I mean, and a whore, let them do that. And even claim it. Say, you know, if that's what you want to call me. I don't even care anymore. I'm going to be who I want to be. This is the only coherent thing I plan to say this entire segment. (laughs) I want you guys to know that right now. Yes. But this, oh, God, this is, is, I saw this a lot in college. And an example of that, um, there was these freshmen, they came in, they hung out with these guys from the basketball team. One of the girls made out with the basketball player. And then for the rest of the time on the college campus, they had nicknames, Burger King and Knee Pads. Mm-hmm. Seriously, and people would write it on their doors and Burger King, have it your way, and knee pads, I think you can figure out what that comes from. And and I used to always like talk to the guys on the team, like, why would you... But you were trying to, to hook up with her, and then she obliged. Why are you now bashing her for it? Right, and and that's the, the question that this brings up. Why is it that when men... Um, you know, they they, ha- they try to have sex with these women, like even with Amber Rose and um, Kanye West and Wiz Khalifa. She she was dating them. She even married Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. And as soon as they break up, oh, she's a stripper. You know, she's nothing but a stripper. She's a slut. She's a hoe. And it's like you're bashing her for sleeping with people like you. You mm-hmm. slept with her. Real quick, though. Kanye West endorsed Ben Carson. Nothing he says matters. Yeah, but he still has a <laughs> huge following. He still has millions of influential people who respect him for his creative talent. And when he says something, people take it to heart. Yeah, and um, all right, guys, just a few more things before we introduce um, our special guest on the line and reintroduce our special guest in the studio with us. I just want to say that so slut walk is not a new concept. We actually spoke about it on Let Your Voice Be Heard back in 2011 before Stanley was a reformed male feminist. Okay, <laughs> imagine what I had to I go through. I want you to know right now that I support America, Jesus, and a man's right to tell a woman how to choose. <laughs> No, that was him. He was really like that. Okay, I was he's never that bad. He's he's just <laughs> he's making fun of himself right now. Make me a sandwich. Um, so back.
back in 2011, it was created because um, women who want it was created by these women who wanted to protest against a Toronto police officer that blamed a victim for her rape. And he said, and I quote, women should avoid dressing like sluts in order to not be victimized. End quote. So after they said that, there was, you know, understandable outrage, because if you're blaming a a victim for a crime that was committed against her, that's wrong. And to say and to call her a slut like that word has any meaning is horrible and it's wrong right so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about feminism we're also going to talk about what this means for women of color and we have a very special guest on the line with us her name is dr sarah jackson she is a scholar of communication and media and race and gender um she's a professor at northeastern university university and she's the author of black celebrity racial politics and the press Framing Descent. Why didn't you get a man for this segment? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome How back, doing, Dr. Guys? Jackson. Welcome back. Thank Welcome you. back. Thank you. Right. And guys, we also have Rachel and Andrea of Andrea, excuse me. I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> of the real world dropouts here in studio with us. And you guys write about things like this all the time. You guys should definitely check out the real world dropouts.com. Calm. So, Dr. Jackson, you know, I gave a brief synopsis of what happened with Amber Rose Slut Walk. But um, can you sort of, you know, help us help us to define what exactly is slut shaming? And what do you say to people who say slut shaming isn't a real thing? Okay, those are both great questions. So first off, slut shaming is this idea that has really come out of sort of fourth wave feminism that says, you know, women should be treated like human beings, regardless of their choices. They should be treated as autonomous beings that have a right to their bodies, that have a right to make decisions. We should trust those decisions. And no matter what they wear or how they act, you know, we should still respect them and treat them um, the same as we would treat anyone else. And it, it recognizes that a lot of the ideologies we have about, for example, the way women should dress or the way they should act are ideologies that come out of sexism and come out of a history in which, you know, men have had control over women's bodies. And so this idea of slut-shaming says, no, you know what, men shouldn't have control over defining women's bodies or their sexuality or anything else. But when they say, so the story that Amber Rose told about, like, being intentionally humiliated, right, or the other stories that you told about um, where, you know, girls... Um, explore their sexuality or young women explore their sexuality and then they're, you know, they're publicly chastised and shamed, even though that's a totally normal thing. And in fact, you know, if people want to have healthy um, sexuality, they actually should explore their sexuality, right? And so slut shaming is the word for that sort of um, the way in which our culture and the way in which historically um, we've degraded women who have done what is very normal. And so these slut walks are sort of a a counteraction to that. They're saying, no, you know what, this is normal, it's okay, and everybody deserves respect, you know, regardless of whether you like their personal decisions about what they do with their body. And, you know, your question about what do we say to people who say this isn't a real thing, that's actually a great question because there are people um, who say it's not a real thing. Um, And, you know, I guess for me, because I'm an academic, I say, well, you know, read some books because there's, you know, a whole bunch of feminist scholarship. And, you know, there's also accessible stuff you can find online talking about the real repercussions that um, slut shaming and the ideologies that go with slut shaping have on young women's self-esteem, their success in the future, their ability to see themselves as leaders, 
um, their ability to have healthy boundaries so that they don't become um, victims or they don't um, make bad decisions about who to engage with um, sexually. And so, like, there's a whole lot of really serious um, cultural and social repercussions if we shame girls and women for their sexual behavior that are measurable, you know? Sarah? Listen, slut yes. shaming is about as real as climate change and racism, okay? <laughs> it doesn't yes, exist. Exactly. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Like, I pray to white Jesus every night, and he tells me that this is all fake, and you guys are just trying to bash men, and I don't like that. Well, you know what's really interesting about that, though, is slut shaming, sort of challenging slut shaming and things like slut walks and things like feminism, feminism generally actually help liberate men, too, because men shouldn't be put in these boxes where they're forced to judge women and humiliate women and treat women in a degrading way, which also degrades them and makes them less good, well-rounded people. And so it's actually something that helps men um, if, we can, if we can allow women to be their true selves. Um, so I have a question for, for, for you guys, Rachel and Andrea. Um, when did you know that slut shaming is a real thing? Like, have you ever experienced it? I mean, we are yeah, all like, women, but I'm a girl. So right, right. at the end of the day, um, I've never have experienced it personally, but I definitely hear these comments from guys that I know. And I feel like it's really hard to see the line as a woman between being sexual in the way that you want to be and kind of feeling like you either have to be sexual or shouldn't be because of what people will say. And I mean, there's definitely no question in my mind that slut shaming is a real thing. I've been <laughs> slut shamed. Have you, know. you Stanley? <laughs> yeah. So one day I was um, locking my bike up and this crackhead walked up to me and said, mm, look at you in them tight shorts. <laughs> Don't act like you can't get it too. And I said, sir. And he cursed at me and walked away. That's called being objectified. Yeah. I just don't think that's slut shaming, Stanley. I don't Stanley. speak Spanish. Stanley, that was two different things, right? But I think that when it comes to slut shaming and the reason why this is so important is because, um, you know, since forever in our country, we've been, especially men, have been policing women's sexuality. And this is almost like a breakthrough. It's liberating. And it's, in, you know, we're saying to the world, you can no longer tell me or, or try to define me or hold me back based on um, these derogatory remarks or, or, or these dehumanizing remarks in any way. And I, I think that that's 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 a lot of damage that has been caused, as Dr. Jackson has mentioned, and it does affect a woman's self-esteem, and it does sort of put you in this narrow little box. It's like you're either going to be the saint or you're going to be the whore, exactly. and you don't have that liberty to really explore. But Dr. Jackson, if we look at sexuality and how it's been moving now, I, I sort of seem it also it also sort of seems like women have more um, liberation when it comes to their sexuality, especially when it comes to exploring like bisexuality or or you know you know being queer i feel like women um don't have those stigmas like if you want you know if you're if you're open about being gay or a lesbian or bisexual you don't have the same stigma that a man would have to deal with so are the roles reversing uh dr jackson uh i would say no the roles aren't reversing and i think you know part of what we see is certainly especially younger generations are more open minded about um, you know, gay identities, transgender identities, bisexual identities, just in general. I mean, we know that in terms of just public polling that younger people are more open-minded about that. But we have to keep in mind that sometimes in media, for example, um, you'll see um, sex scenes between women, like, celebrated as being sexy. 
And a lot of people say like, oh, look, that's progress. These women are, you know, it's okay that they're lesbians. It's okay that they're having sex. But oftentimes that those images are still presented for the male gaze. They're presented as being sexy to men with the idea that like, men would be watching and would maybe have a role in that. And so there's actually a lot of media criticism that talks about the way in which um, sometimes women are even more objectified when they're represented in media as being bisexual or being lesbians because it's supposed to be being for the benefit of the men watching and not necessarily for their own pleasure. So I think, you know, absolutely there are some shows and there are some places where um, for example, the show The L Word, where you see women who are lesbian and bisexual really um, fulfilling, you know, their own needs and not having to look a certain way or act a certain way to perform for men. But if we talk about certain other places, for example, in pornography, a lot of the sexuality you see from women, even if it is gay or bisexual sexuality, is still about the male gaze and it's right. still about performing for men. Right. You're absolutely right. And I have a question and I'll open it up to everyone on the panel. Can we really reclaim the word slut? That's what this walk is about. Like, do you think that we can take it back and empower? What do you guys think about that? I mean, I think kind of taking back the word slut might be more successful than when people say, oh, we're taking back the N-word. But I don't think it's going to be that successful because at the end of the day, piggish men are still going to use it to put girls down. And since we're only working on, you know, reclaiming the word slut, we're not working on the self-esteem portion of for young girls, it's still going to have an effect. I don't get it. We gave you guys the right to vote. I know. Can, what more can we want at this point? Yes. Um, you, you could have an opinion. <laughs> and now what is... We leave the kitchen. We have jobs. What more could we ask yes, for? Yes, yes. Stanley, but do you think that... What do you think about that? Do you think that the slut walk is effective and that we should be aiming to take the word slut back? An honest answer? Absolutely. But I think the, the most important thing to do is to educate men. Because mm-hmm. guys are dumb. And, mm-hmm. it, and I know I joke around like I'm a conservative and, and stuff like that. But... I had this problem, too, where I would look at a woman for doing the same things that I did and be like, oh, you're a slut, you're a whore. Or if a woman didn't like me, I would get upset at her as if she owed me sex. And, and I get that all there's, the time. There's, there's, this, like, there's this weird infatuation in which we think that we own women or that by being nice to them, they have to reward us with oral pleasures and, and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And that's a problem with men. That's not a woman's problem. That's right. a problem that men have to address. And guys are so busy being manly and not accepting accountability that you guys have to march and say, and take over a word, and we don't have to, like, say, hey, we're dumb and we're messing up. So, yeah, I want to ask the doctor here, how can we overcome the disconnect between what women see with reclaiming the word slut and what men see? Because one thing about the Amber Rose Slut Walk is that um, it was mostly women in attendance. And how do we create a space where women can be sexual without men just objectifying it? And, you know, seeing it in a totally different way from the way we're talking about it and the way Amber Rose is trying to present it. Great question. Do we have time for Dr. Jackson to answer now or do we have break? Break. Okay, so hold that thought. Dr. Jackson, hold your answer. We're going to go on a quick break. But when we come back, we'll have more with Dr. Sarah Jackson. We're talking about the slut walk on Let Your Voice Be Heard.
Why can't women just have just fun? Live. You're Why can't we for, just live? You're here for my pleasure. No, you know, it, Stanley, what you said really resonated with me because I have these, you know, sometimes I have guy affiliates or male friends who, like, offer and, like, insist in, like, buying me something. Like, let's say it's, like, a, a, a coffee at Starbucks, mm-hmm. but then I feel so obligated to, mm-hmm. to, to do, like, you know, I feel like I'm obligated to them, and that's why I'm like, you know, I know you're just trying to be a good friend, or actually, I don't know. Sometimes it looks like you're just trying to hit on me, mm-hmm. but it's like if I let you buy me that that coffee from Starbucks, it's like, are you expecting something? It's like if I'm in a club and I buy a girl a drink, she's my girlfriend for the night. <laughs> no, but like, that's, that's funny, but that's what boys really think, though. Yeah, yeah I think they Like, I spend half that. my nights running away from boys that buy me drinks. Running away. I feel <laughs> like, sometimes I'm not guilty, kidding. but yeah, you gotta like, run away. <laughs> no, you really do. And Rachel, I know before we went on break, you had a great question. If you can just reiterate that really briefly so we can get Dr. Jackson's response. Yes, Dr. Jackson, we would like to hear what your thoughts are on how we overcome the disconnect between how men see women like Amber Rose who put their sexuality out there and the type of thing we're talking about, which is reclaiming the word slut and reclaiming the ability for women to be openly sexual. Yeah, and it's, it's a really great question. And I actually, I really appreciate what Stanley said and what um, you all have said as follow-ups because you're making the really important connections here that, you know, not shaming women about their sexuality is really, really deeply connected to things like street harassment and rape culture, right? What you guys are describing where, you might have to be afraid of someone in a club who, who buys you a drink because they presume that they have a right to your body. I mean, that's rape culture, right? And so we, we start talking about really serious consequences. But what Stanley said is right is that we both it's both important to empower particularly young women to have good self-esteem and not be ashamed of their sexuality. And there is that is important because they need to have those messages in their own mind that they're valuable and that they um, can do what they want with their body and that that doesn't, you know, change, you know, how much people love them or whether or not they're smart and things like that. But we do absolutely need to educate men about this. And there are actually some great national organizations that focus specifically on young men, um, teenagers um, and young men, educating them about issues around consent and issues around um, sort of gender equality. And those types of organizations are also really, really important. So Slut Walk, you know, is just one part of this larger move, I think, towards getting young people to think differently about gender and sexuality on the whole. Great points, um, Dr. Jackson. Um, Did you have a follow-up question? Yeah, I wanted to say that these organizations for young men that you're talking about is a really great step. And But I want to know your thoughts on how any woman can kind of educate the men in her life, in her daily yeah. life. <laughs> it should yeah. be like, you're not a dictionary. I mean, that's a tough question because it's, it gets to one of those things where, for example, you know, it's not necessarily the responsibility of the person who's being oppressed to educate their oppressor, right? Um, it gets exhausting when you're a woman to constantly have to explain what street harassment is to men and hear men say, oh, well, it's a compliment. You should take it as a compliment when you know how sort of deeply it affects um, your ability to move about in the world, right? But I understand that sometimes we want to do that because we all have men in our lives who we love, who are our brothers or fathers or friends or whatever, who we want them to really understand. And I mean, I think the key there is if somebody really is a part of your life and really does respect and love you, you should be able to sit down with them and have a serious conversation and say, look, like, this is how it makes me feel. It makes me feel like I'm an object. It makes me feel worthless. It makes me feel like I don't have the same rights to do what I want with my body that you have to do with your body. And if you care about me, you know, you'll be more conscientious and maybe 
even try to correct other men. I mean, that's the thing I know in my personal life, right? Like, I'm a professor, but I'm also still a woman. And when I walk down the street, I get street harassed too, you know? And I think that one of the things I try to do is ask men in my life to intervene mm-hmm. um, so that if they see other men, you know, if they think about, like, just think about um, how that feels to that person and, and check on her. Say, are you okay? Tell the other man who's doing the behavior. Um, so if, you know, if young men in college shaming a woman because they hooked up with them, you know, it would be great to have his roommate or his friends in class or whatever say like, hey, dude, that's not cool to give her that degrading nickname. Like all she did was the same thing that you did. What's wrong with that? Right. And it's really powerful for men and young men to learn from their peers. So if we can ask um, men like Stanley who are involved on issues like this to sort of check other men, I think that that's really important. Thank you for saying that. And, and I, I think I try my best to do that as well. It's, I have some pretty interesting conversations with my male friends. However, I'd like to push back just a little bit. It's no one's responsibility to educate your oppressor. But honestly, if I didn't have Selena and our, our, our former co-host Patricia Valoy here all this time pushing back on me and challenging me and putting up with the stupid, crazy, idiotic things I used to say, I don't know if I'd be at this point where I am now. There was one time about two years ago. At Patricia's apartment, we had an hour and a half long debate about whether we should talk about street harassment because I told them, and I quote, that's not a big deal. That's just the way of life. And I told him I didn't think it was a problem. I think I thought we were making it up. And I really thought that. And Patricia, who looked like she wanted to wring my neck, and Selena, who <laughs> actually tried to, <laughs> sat like they, they really had to educate and like talk to me. Yeah. And like it took a long time. And now I get it. And Selena looks at me because she remembers how dumb I was and probably still am. But I needed that. Yeah. And but you guys had a relationship, right? Like you had a friendship and they trusted you. And so they knew it was like safe to have that conversation with you. And I guess that's what I mean is like it's very hard for women to stop in the middle of the road when somebody's harassing them and try to educate that guy, that random person about why they shouldn't be harassing them. Right. Because they might be in danger in that situation. That person doesn't know them. They don't know that person. They don't know what they're capable of. But if it's a friend or a family member, sure, you can absolutely have those those hard conversations. And, you know, I actually always tell my students, you know, you should go home and have these conversations with your family over Thanksgiving dinner. And I I imagine that their parents hate me for that, you know, because I have them talking about things like rape culture and and apartheid and, you know, whatever over Thanksgiving dinner. But it's actually a good way. You're right. I mean, interpersonal interactions are a good way um, to sort of teach people about what your experiences are if those people know and care about you. Guys, if you're listening and you want to chime in to talk about the slut walk and slut shaming, the number is 212-650-6903. So um, as as supportive as I am about, you know, anything that has to do with anti-slut shaming, um, I want to say that I did also have some personal pushback. And I think that a number of feminists and of color and then just women of color did you know, we really couldn't say that the word slut resonated with us. And I think that if you look back at history and how black women have always been dehumanized as sexual objects by white supremacy and now overwhelmingly by mainstream hip hop, it shows that women of color are always being portrayed as eye candy. And we don't necessarily have that agency to, you know, to say like, okay, we can be another Michelle Obama or we can be this. But it's like we've always been categorized as this nothing but a black slut. And we've been fighting against that stereotype and that term. So I think that it's harder for me. Like when I think of my history and I think of like how I've been sort of like 
um, sort of been, you know, lived my life or and and, and dedicated activism towards fighting that, mm-hmm. right? And now it's like, how can I really say and reclaim this word slut in this way when we have a different history? Yeah, there was a point in time where it was imp- it was considered impossible to rape a black woman because they were naturally lustful and they lured white men to them because of their big butts. That was like a thing. That's not like a joke. That's a thing that they said was the case. So you could not rape a black woman. It was her fault. Right. And that's true for, I mean, that's true for Native and Indigenous women as well. I mean, both black women and Native women in the history of this country, you know, were raped in in mass, right? And this is something that is not recorded in our history books that people don't talk about, right? But the reason um, that you know, black people in America don't look like black people in Africa. The reason so many people have Native American blood is because there was a lot of rape happening between white men and Native and black women. And obviously, you're right, absolutely exactly what you said. There's this history in which, um, you know, women of color have been constructed as being unrapeable and of being naturally sexual and, and, and all these stereotypes. And so a lot of people actually had those reservations about slut walks. They said, oh, well, like, White girls can say, you know, I'm reclaiming slut because they don't automatically get considered sluts no matter what they do, like women of color do. And I think that for some people, if that's how they feel, that's a totally fair position to take because it is rooted in, um, for lack of a better word, sort of this baggage that we carry with us of knowing how we as women of color have had to move about in the world according to different rules in terms of our sexuality, right? Um, but I think for some people, and I think, you know, somebody mentioned the the debate about reclaiming the N-word, right? And um, I'm not necessarily on, I, I have mixed feelings about that as well, right? But some people really align with that. Some people say, yeah, we've like taken some power away from that word, you know, maybe in some context, but maybe not, right? Um, and so I think for, for people who it resonates with them, like Amber Rose, who's a woman of color, to sort of reclaim the word slut, if that's what empowers her, and if that's what empowers other women, I think that's great, even if for some of us, maybe it doesn't resonate in the same way. Right. Excellent point, uh, Dr. Jackson. So, you know, speaking of Amber Rose, who is multiracial um, and identifies as um, a woman of color because she is, um, what do you say her, you know, her celebrity and her persona and, and the fact that she's taken on this slut walk, what did it really do for women of color? Like, do you feel like an empowered women of color oh stanley did you want to chime in first yeah i'm sorry about that it it definitely started a conversation at least in the hip-hop community right so one of my favorite podcasts um i'll name this podcast later with joe budden um you you listen to that too right (laughs) i love joe budden yes yes (laughs) they talked about it on their show this past wednesday and i I really was upset during the segment but they were talking they were talking about slut shaming and it was really weird because joe budden says i think that we shouldn't be labeling women or slut shaming them for rape but then he said that he felt that amber rose brought that attention to herself because of the way she dressed and then they had a conversation about who she slept with the people on the show like one person marissa mendez was like no she's not a slut how can you say that and joe budden's like oh Wiz khalifa um kanye west and she goes she married Wiz khalifa she dated kanye west and people, they were really dissecting her sex life, assuming, saying, oh, she has sex with James Harden. How do you know that? Oh, because it's James Harden. <laughs> and this is what they were doing. And it's crazy. So I was happy the hip-hop community was talking about it. But that was the, the, the debate that they were having, which is creepy. Um, Andrea, were you going to say something? Well, I mean, just to that point, like, what about the Joe Budden list of people he slept with? And nobody thinks Joe Budden's a slut. Yeah, he's a legend. Have you seen it? That's what they call him. On Twitter, everyone tweets him, like, you're a legend, bro. da 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 Because <laughs> all the people he slept with. But should Amber Rose be a legend? Like, Yes. Right. Yes. No. 
she should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree completely. Uh, Dr. Jackson, what what do you say to that? And the fact that, you know, with the, the hip-hop community and sometimes with the black community, it seems like we're a little behind when it comes to progress. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're behind when it comes to progress because if you look at the history of feminism, you know, black women have been some of the most forward-thinking, um, black queer women have been some of the most forward-thinking women in the history of the feminist movement, but oftentimes they were sort of written out or excluded from the mainstream um, conversations. And so a lot of people don't know that, um, you know, this is where I'm going to sound a little old and not connected to pop culture. I don't actually know that much about Amber Rose. Right. Um, and so the first big thing that I knew about her was that she dated Kanye West and I kind of like, she's on the periphery in my life. But I think if what Stanley says is true, that her getting involved in slut walk brings the conversation from maybe a conversation that was primarily being had on white college campuses to a conversation that is being had in the hip-hop community, which, you know, I don't know that the hip-hop community necessarily is representative of sort of all the black community, right? Because we've sort of already talked a little bit about how, you know, hip-hop has some sort of go-to misogyny and sexism in the music and in the images that I wouldn't say necessarily apply to, to all black folks, right? Um, but if that gets them talking about it, it sounds like they maybe didn't do a good job talking about it because they still aren't clear how to not slut shame somebody. Um, but that seems like a that seems like a movement in the right direction and progress in the right direction. And so I think if Amber Rose coming out and and doing the slut walk is allowing other women of color to talk about this in their communities and and making more men of color talk about this um, with their peers, then that's a great thing. Right, um, Dr. Jackson. Thank you so much again for you know calling in you are officially a friend of a friend of the show since this is your third time and let your voice be heard how can people uh, follow you and also pick up your book which i'm assuming um addresses some of the intersectionality between gender race and um, feminism and some of the stuff we spoke about today yeah um i'm on twitter at sjj phd uh you can also um my book black celebrity racial politics in the press it's on amazon um you can get an e-copy if you prefer and that's how to find me. Thank you so much, Dr. Jackson. I will probably be contacting you <laughs> in the near future. So look out for my emails. Um, so, I mean, I just wanted to uh, end with this by saying, you know, as as empowering as I think the slut walk was and, you know, what and how Amber Rose is using her platform. I also think that a lot of younger people, a lot of younger women will get mixed signals, right? A lot of young girls who only find value in their sexuality, whether it's because that she's been raped or molested or being called a hoe and a slut. Like I remember in seventh grade, this one of my friends, they she started being called a hoe and a slut and she was like, I'm starting to think I am. And it wasn't in a good way. She thought that she was nothing but a hoe and a slut. And then she did, you know, as a as a grown woman, she is now a stripper. And I want to say that that mentality does play, you know, like being called this, you know what I'm saying? And, and not valuing yourself. And, and saying and, and finding your self-worth and not feeling smart and brilliant and pretty, but just thinking that you're only here to, you know, the only way that you can be valued is through having sex or, you know, doing um, a sexual acts to men. And that's the only way to get attention. You know, that's problematic as well. And that mm -hmm. message is not being pushed. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, my little sister, I would not take her to a slut walk because she's 13, 14 years old. I mean, as an older woman, I would explain to her the dynamic and, and I would talk to her about slut shaming. But I mean, I just think that these mess the message is definitely getting crossed. 
Um, did you have, you know, do we have quick 30 second time? Do we have um, time for 30 second responses or are we just wrapping it up? Yeah, well, I just two things. One, no one owes you sex, man. And two, mm-hmm. like, stop criticizing women for doing this, for doing the same things that you try to do all the time. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Um, Andrea, Rachel, what do you, 30 seconds closing? Um, my whole thing is that men want to sexualize us all the time. And then when we're sexual, that's when now I'm a slut. And to the point that you made is that we're doing this slut walk to reclaim the word, but the other thing we need to do is start an initiative about self-esteem. You can reclaim this word all you want, but when you're teaching girls that you should want to be a video honey, like, there's a disconnect there. Reclaim the word slut, but still shake your rear end for $50,000. You know what I mean? If that. Yeah, if that. It really is not even that much. much. They you know, JCJ, the scholarship. You know. Oh, oh, oh. You know. $100, $100. Because the video vixens do it for free now. They yeah. don't even get paid. They don't even get paid. Yeah. Rachel? I think the message just has to be that every woman is sexual, even if she is not dressing like Amber Rose. And if women choose to do to put themselves out there, that has that's okay. But, you know, every woman has something more to offer than just. So mm-hmm. I think the message should kind of be getting rid of the idea of slut. Even if maybe we're trying to do that by re- taking the word back, it really should be getting rid of the idea and the stereotype of it. Interesting. Thank you again. That was Andrea and Rachel from the Real World Dropouts. And thank you, for uh, Dr. Jackson, for calling in. We do have to take a break, but we had a great conversation. When we come back, Stanley's going to break it down about what's going on with this GOP race for the House Speakership. You're going to be mad at me. Uh-oh. All these cheeks popping, popping, I'm just popping.